Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. You know what? I'm going to go straight to the Bible this morning. We're going to go straight to Galatians chapter 5. And I want to read to you verses 22 and 23. This is what it says. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, it's still going, self-control, against such things there is no law. The second fruit of the Spirit mentioned here is joy. And I have a question for you this morning. Do you have joy? Or how is your joy going at the moment? Because you need to understand something. God's desire is for you to have joy. Even right now. Even after two years of craziness and chaos, God's desire for you right now today in this moment is to have a joy deep inside of you and for that joy to be flowing out of you. So my question is, is that your experience at the moment? Do you have joy? Now, don't confuse joy and happiness. Those are two very different things. You see, happiness is a feeling. It comes and goes. What I've noticed about happiness is that happiness relies on good conditions. For example, I can be enjoying myself at work because I know holidays are coming up, right? So my happiness is based on good conditions. But here's the thing about joy. Joy is not based on good conditions. You see, you can be going through a really terrible time and yet still have joy. There's a big difference between the two. Now, the fruits of the Spirit that we just read, it says that one of them is joy. Therefore, if you're a follower of Jesus, then you should have joy in you. It should be flowing out of you. But God doesn't necessarily promise us 24-7 happiness or feelings of happiness. However, we can have joy no matter what. No matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through. So do you have joy? A great example of someone who had joy in the Bible in the face of terrible circumstances and terrible conditions is Stephen. Give me a shout out in the comments if you've ever heard of Stephen before. Stephen is a guy who kind of comes into the picture in Acts and then he's gone in no time and you're going to find out why in a second. Um, so in Acts chapter 6 and chapter 7, we learn a little bit about Stephen. So let me just give you a bit of a rundown on Stephen. So it says that Stephen was a man full of grace and power. Wow, what a way to be um, described. Uh, you know, Pastor Tristan, how would you describe him? Oh, he's just a man full of grace and power. I mean, what a great way to be described. And that's how Stephen is described. It says that he would go around preaching, telling people about Jesus and signs and wonders followed him. But here's the problem with Stephen. He was, he was so excited about his faith. He was so full of joy, sharing it everywhere, that that really ticked off some people, some really religious people to the point where they persecuted him. He, he shared the gospel with them. He explained to them that Jesus was the Messiah. It says that he had a spirit within him that they just couldn't handle. And um, so they decided, like any reasonable person would do, if you're just losing an argument, let's stone this guy. So they decided to stone Stephen to death. Now, here's the important part. It says that Stephen, when he was facing death, 
that he had the face of an angel. So staring death in the face, he, he had the face of an angel. Now, I don't know about you, but I would love to get to that place in my faith. I want that type of joy. Hopefully you want that type of joy too, and you need to know it is available to you. So the big question is, like, how do we access that joy? Where does that joy come from? In Psalm 104.15, it actually says something kind of funny. Um, it says, a bottle of wine brings joy. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's where Stephen got his joy from. I don't think so. And maybe that's where you're getting your joy from. And therefore, we've got we to change a few things today. Um, I, I, <laughs> wine, it can make you feel happy, right? It can help you out a little bit. But I'm telling you, there is a supernatural joy. And the source of that joy, it's, it's not a bottle of wine. So what is it? So it's easy to look at things in the world to bring us happiness, but what we really need is a steady Stephen-like joy. And I'm here to tell you today that that joy only comes from God. That joy only comes from God. You can't get it from any other place. God's desire for you today right now, in this moment, on your couch, wherever you are, God's desire for you is to get your joy from Him. I'm going to say that one more time. God's desire for you is to get your joy from Him. God's desire for you is for you to enjoy Him. And that's the thing that God spoke to me. When he asked me, hey, Matt, spend some time with me, I turned off the TV, I started reading my Bible, and he spoke so clearly to me. He said, hey, Matt, are you enjoying me? And I thought to myself, oh, man, I'm not sure that I am. And we can, we can be in places in our faith where all of a sudden it's almost like we're just going through the motions and we forget, like, gosh, we can actually enjoy our relationship with God. Do you realize that? Do you remember that? Like, Jesus, who saved your soul, he... You can enjoy that relationship. You can enjoy your relationship with God. Are you enjoying God? In Psalm 4, 4 7, it says, You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In other words, the joy that God has for you, the joy that He can deposit in you, is far better than any other type of false joy that this world has to offer you. The joy that comes from God is better than anything else. I've been married for a few years now, and um, I've noticed something about relationships. There's a bit of a process. This is usually how they start. It starts with belief. First, you've got to believe that it's going to work out between you two. If you don't believe it is and you're still in the relationship, then you've got to work some things out. So the first thing that happens is you've got to believe that, yes, this is the right person for me. Yes, this is going to work out. All relationships, they start with belief. The second thing that happens is you get to know one another. Okay, and that takes time and it comes to its pinnacle on your marriage day. Well, it did for me and Amy on our marriage day, right? In that moment, we made a covenant commitment um, between each other and also with God that we're going to do life together forever. So first came believing, then came knowing. Now, it would be really sad in our marriage relationship if things kind of stopped there and they didn't progress. You see, the third step in any healthy marriage is then you get to enjoy one another in marriage. Okay, so you believe, then you know, then you enjoy one another. And you know what? I don't think that is too different from how we are supposed to approach our relationship with God. 
You see, first comes believing. There is this moment where you go, yep, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. And gosh, God, I messed up and I need you. And maybe you're watching this morning and you've had that realization, or maybe you're watching this morning and maybe even right now you're starting to realize, gosh, like, I think I'm coming to that place where I'm starting to believe. And if that is the case, that is awesome. And you're going to get an opportunity to give your, your heart and your life to Jesus at the end of this message. But maybe you're kind of stuck there. Maybe you haven't really got to know God deeply. And that, that's the second part. You, you just start to, to know Him more, right? You start to develop a relationship. But I think a lot of Christians, they settle for that, right? So they believe or, or they, they feel like they know God, but things kind of stop or things kind of get stale. And we forget that actually we're supposed to move forwards to enjoying our relationship with God. Don't just settle for knowing God, right? If you're truly knowing God, you should also be enjoying Him, right? So we believe, then we know, then we enjoy our relationship with God. You got to understand, if you were not enjoying God, you are not making the most of your privileged relationship with Him. If you're not enjoying your relationship with God, I mean, goodness me, you are missing out on something incredible. Now, I think it's obvious at this point that uh, enjoying a relationship with God is a pretty great thing. And I don't think you're going to be sitting there thinking to yourself, oh, yeah, well, that's, that's awesome, but I don't really want that. I, I think that everyone kind of wants that, right? Um, but maybe you kind of just feel stuck at the moment, you know? You're, you're not really sure how to get there, how to get to that place of enjoying your relationship with God. Or maybe you just feel content where you're at with God at the moment. But if you are in a place today where honestly, upon reflection, you would say that you're not enjoying your relationship with God, there is something that you need to consider. There is something that you need to know, and that is this. People who don't enjoy their relationship with God become vulnerable to sin. When you're not enjoying your relationship with God, you become vulnerable to sin. In the coal mines, what they would do is they would use canaries. And the reason they would have canaries, these birds in the coal mines, is they were a warning sign. You see, when you're mining coal, um, certain gases are released, including methane. Methane goes bang. Um, and also carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide, if there's a lot of that, that's trouble. Um, that's toxic. Um, so what the canaries were very helpful. They were, they were a very cheap way to test for those gases. You see, canaries, they're joyful. They, they're chirpy. They make a lot of sound. But as soon as these gases started to rise in the coal mines, they would stop making sound. And that was a sign, oh, things aren't getting good in here. And then the next thing that happens is they drop dead. And that's a sign, we got to get out of here. You see, the canaries, they, they were a sign, a warning sign that things were getting dangerous. And just like the canaries dropping dead or losing their joy, that was a sign that things are getting dangerous. When you start to lose your joy, that is a sign that things are getting dangerous for you. When you're starting to lose your joy in your relationship with God, that is a sign that you are becoming vulnerable to sin. In Nehemiah 8.10 it says, do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now let's just kind of focus in here for a second. The joy of the Lord is your strength, right? So when you're enjoying God, when you have joy, it makes you strong. This isn't a physical type of strength. This is a spiritual type of strength. 
This is a strength that can say yes to the God things, yes to the right things, and no to the other things, no to the bad things, you know, no to the evil things, no to the temptations. Joy, it makes you strong, spiritually strong. Now, on the flip side, if you don't have joy, right, what does that do? Well, that, it causes you to become weak. And when you're weak, what happens? You're more likely to give in to temptation and you're more likely to sin. And what happens when you've got this repetitive pattern of sin in your life? What does that do to you? As someone who has a spirit within you, you know, you're feeling the convictions all the time. That, that, that hurts, right? And it actually robs you of joy. And then all of a sudden you're weaker and then you're sinning and you end up in this vicious cycle, this cycle of joylessness. And I'm telling you today, that is a place where you do not want to be. Joylessness leading to weakness, leading to stuffing up, making mistakes, and now you feel terrible about yourself again, and then you're weak, so you're making, you know, more mistakes, and it just goes around and around and around. Have you considered that the reason you are struggling is because you are weak as a result of lacking joy? If you feel as though you are stuck in this repeating pattern of joylessness, you need to know there's a way out. Come on, someone get excited in the comments right now. There is a way out. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. That cycle, it is 100% breakable. And this morning, maybe you're stuck right in the middle of it, or maybe you're kind of just entering into it. You're kind of sensing it a little bit. Either way, there is a way out. And in order to break free, in order to get out, here is, the, here is the first thing and the most essential thing that you need to realize and learn today. And that is that you can't force joy. You can only position yourself for it. I was playing golf a couple of days ago um, with my brother. A couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, but let's be honest, I played with him yesterday as well. <laughs> it was a terrible day. He actually ditched me on the 12th hole because it was so cold. Anyway... <laughs> Um, I was playing golf with my brother, shout out to Dave in the comments, um, and I told him that I was going to be preaching on this topic of joy um, and enjoying God. And I said to him, hey, if you were to hear a message on this, what would you want to know? Because the last thing I want to do is get up here and say a bunch of stuff, which just completely misses the mark. And he said to me, you know what? How do you get it? How do you get joy? And what a fantastic question. And I think that would be the question that many people are thinking. If you don't have it, then, then how do you get it back, right? But here's the thing. When it comes to joy, you can't force joy. You can only position yourself for it. And thank you, God, that we have the Bible. Um, because in the Bible, we get fantastic insight into how we can get this joy back. We get fantastic insight into how we can position ourselves for future joy. So if you've got your Bibles with you, if you've got your phones on you, let's jump into the book of John chapter 15. I want to read to you verses 1 to 11. Okay, so why don't you follow along with me? This is what Jesus says. This is a very powerful parable. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and, and burned. Hardcore. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love if you keep my commandments. You will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Now, this next verse is very significant. It's very important. I really want you to lean into it. Verse 11, Jesus says this, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. One of the lessons that we have to take away um, from what we just read is that abiding leads to joy. In other words, if you're lacking joy, you want joy, you want to position yourself for it, you need to attach yourself to Jesus. Abiding is attaching, right? You need to maybe reattach yourself to Jesus. You see, when we attach ourselves to Jesus, that is good positioning. Good positioning, it breaks that cycle that we were speaking about. And you know what that leads to? That leads to joy in your not too distant future. Your other option, right, is to not attach yourself to Jesus. Attach yourself to other things. Just be comfortable with where you're at. And if you do that, well, that's bad positioning. And maybe you're going to enter into that cycle or stay stuck in that cycle. And at the very, very best, what that leads to is momentary happiness in an otherwise joyless life. I know that's heavy, but it's true. You see, this is a simple sowing and reaping principle right here. Abiding in Jesus is sowing seeds. And what that leads to in your future is all, type, all types of incredible things. One of them being this deep joy within you, this deep sense of contentment and purpose, regardless of what is going on around you. Even in a crazy world where there just happens to be a pandemic, right? Which is scary in so many ways. Even when you're totally frustrated about things, um, even when there's a million reasons for you to want to give up and just sit down and quit or whatever, there is a joy available to you from abiding in Jesus that's going to get you through stuff. Abiding is sowing seeds for future joy. If joy is the result of abiding in Jesus, then you break the cycle of joylessness by choosing to attach yourself to Him. Now here's the big question. What does that look like exactly <laughs> to attach yourself to Jesus? Like, what does that really mean? And if you find yourself trapped at the moment in that cycle and, and you know, you've heard, yeah, okay, so I have to abide in Jesus. I, I need to reattach myself to Jesus. I, I recognize that there's going to be some people watching today where that isn't sufficient. Just to hear, attach yourself to Jesus. It's like, okay, sure thing. I'm just going to attach myself to Jesus this week and everything's going to be a-okay. I realize that for some of you, that's not good enough. Um, there are other people who've been in great places with God and you know exactly what you did to get there. And to you, I'm saying, 
go do those things again. <laughs> but there are some people who just don't know how to get there and you're not sure what it means to attach yourself to Jesus. So this is where I was really tempted to just say stuff like this, ready? Stop skipping church. <laughs> Stop skipping small group, right? Read your Bible, pray. Because all of those things, you know, th those are outward signs of a person who has attached themselves to Jesus, right? But I want to go a little bit deeper than that for a second. And I want to explain to you what is at the heart of that. Because it's not just doing those things that make everything awesome for you, right? It, it's, it's the reason behind it. It's why we do that. It's the why behind those Christian disciplines that I just mentioned. It's the why behind it that that is how you, go, you are going to attach yourself back to Jesus. And this is what you need to do. And that is what those Christian disciplines accomplish. You need to... Now, if you're going to write down something, this, this is the moment to write something down. You need to create space in your life for encounter with the Holy Spirit. You need to create space in your life for encounter with the Holy Spirit. Every week on a Tuesday night, we have family dinner. I love it. It's awesome. It's the best. Um, and a while ago, I started to realize a pattern. And that is, often I'd be sitting down and, you know, like my wife, my, my brother, my sister... Everybody, you know, they've got hot drinks. They're enjoying them. And I'm like, where's my hot drink? And I'd look to mom and dad. It's like, where's my hot drink, mom and dad? I don't say it like that. I'm far more honoring in my approach. Um, but I would always get the same response. It would be, we asked, right? The order went out, but you didn't say anything. So we just assumed that you didn't want anything. And I've come to realize that we are numb and deaf to the things that don't have our attention. Have you considered that maybe you are numb and deaf to God at the moment? Because if you're not creating space for God in your life, right, then how are you supposed to hear from Him? How are you supposed to encounter Him? We need to create space in our life for encounter with the Holy Spirit. In Psalm 1611, it says, In your presence... There is fullness of joy. And I'm a 100% believer that if we intentionally create space for God, He is faithful and He comes and He fills that space. He comes and He fills it with His presence. And before you know it, you're going to be far better off than how you were before you entered into that place. So what does it mean to create space? How do you create space? Well, I think there's two things that we have to do, especially in 2021, in the busy world in which we live. This is what we need to do to create space. First, we need to slow down. How fast are you moving at the moment? You need to slow down. And when I say slow down, I mean, maybe that looks differently for different people. Maybe there's not a whole lot going on in your life at the moment, but in your mind, you're moving at like 100 kilometers an hour and you just need to slow down. You need to put your phone down, stop looking at Instagram, stop looking at Facebook, stop checking your emails. You need to slow down. And the next thing that you need to do is you need to turn off autopilot. So often we're just on autopilot every single day. Now, here's the thing about autopilot. Autopilot is awesome if you have great habits and great rhythms in your life. But if you don't, then it's terrible. <laughs> because every single day you're just doing the same thing and the same thing and you're hoping that something's going to change, but nothing's going to change unless you change what you're doing. 
So you need to turn off autopilot. You need to slow down. And when you start to slow down, when you start to turn off autopilot, you're creating space. You're creating space for God to move in your heart. You're creating, you're creating space for him to move in your life. And trust me, when you do that, you're going to start to hear from God again. Just like that moment when I was watching TV, I was kind of just relaxed and I just kind of felt this thing on my heart saying, read your Bible, and that was all that I needed. And I started to read my Bible and I've created space and then all of a sudden God spoke to me and that really, that really did something for me. That really helped me. And I'm telling you right now that God wants to help you. I mean, God wants to spend time with you. God wants to move in your heart. He wants to move in your life. Are you creating space for that? to happen. When you create that space for Jesus, he's going to come in, he's going to fill it, and all of a sudden, you're going to be reattaching to him. And I tell you right now that before you know it, you're going to start to get your joy back. You know, I really believe that God wants nothing more during this season of chaos than for his people to enjoy him. The tougher things get out there, Wherever out there is for you in your life, the tougher things get around you, the more we need His joy in here. We really do. And honestly, maybe things aren't going to get really, really easy all of a sudden in 2022, right? Like even though restrictions are lifting and there's so many things to be joyful about, right? Like there's still going to be challenges that come up in your life. And you need the joy, that supernatural joy that comes from God in order to face those things. The question I really want you to wrestle with right now and maybe for the rest of this week is this. Are you making the most of your connection with God? Are you positioning yourself to enjoy Him? In Psalm 94, 19, it says, When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. I love that. So what are the cares of your heart today? What's going on in you? Maybe you're afraid with all this COVID stuff that's going on at the moment, vaccinated, unvaccinated, viruses all over the place. Like, honestly, maybe you're afraid. Maybe is there fear in your heart today? Maybe you're annoyed. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're angry at the government, right? Don't blame you. <laughs> Maybe you're even angry at the people you love. Maybe even at the church that you love. Maybe you're angry for some reason. Maybe you have relationship tensions in your life at the moment. Maybe you have money worries. Or maybe right now you are dealing with stuff inside of you. You're dealing with this sin, this thing that you're trying to get over. And honestly, you just feel shame. You just feel guilt. My question to you, what is on your heart today? What are you struggling with? Because there is a God who loves you that wants to console you. All you got to do is just create space for Him. He wants to come and He wants to deposit this supernatural joy within you. So what I want to do right now at the end of this message is I want to pray for people. I want to pray for any person watching right now. And honestly, you just feel as though your joy, it's been robbed from you. Like you have been in places um, in, your, in your life. There's been times where your joy, has, it's been great. Like you've been full. 
You've been doing fantastic, but honestly, right now, as you reflect on where you're at, you know that you are not really in a place where you are enjoying your relationship with God, or maybe you're not even in a relationship with God at the moment. Maybe there's just no joy in your heart and you feel empty. Right? I want to pray for people who want to get their joy back. I want to pray for people who want to reattach themselves to Jesus. I want to pray for you. So if that's you, if you know that your joy isn't where it should be and you want that joy, that supernatural joy, that joy that Stephen had that I mentioned earlier, I just want you to lean into this prayer. So what that could look like, it kind of depends on your context. So maybe that's just closing your eyes for you. Maybe it's standing up, lifting your hands. I don't know what it is, but I just want you to lean in and I'm going to pray. Dear God, I thank you that you console us when things are difficult. God, I thank you that there is a supernatural joy available to us that we can access regardless of what is happening around us. God, I thank you that you've made a way for us to enjoy you. God, I thank you that we don't just need to know about you and... And I don't know, just just believe and hope that hopefully one day when we die, we go to heaven. I thank you that we get to enter into this real, honest, intimate relationship with you where we get to enjoy you. And God, right now, I just pray for people who they're not enjoying you, God, and and you want to enjoy them. and And you know that there's more for them than where they're at right now. God, I just pray that you would wrap them up that your Holy Spirit would just wrap them up right here, right now, Lord God, that you would just fill them with yourself. God, that you would just come and just fill them up from head to toe and that they would just get this fresh sense of your love, of your peace, that your joy would just start to well up within them. Father God, I pray for people who just feel overwhelmed and busy. This idea of creating space for them, it's not an easy concept. It's a hard one because there is so much going on in their life at the moment. God, I pray that you would just move in their life. God, I pray that you would just come in and create space for them, help them, give them direction, show them what you're wanting from them, Father. I pray that things would start to just shift in their life and by your grace, that they would find themselves in a week, in a month with more space in order to encounter you. God, I pray for those people who diligently seek after you, who are proactive, who who make time for you. God, I pray that you would just show up in incredible ways in those moments when they're reading their Bible, when they're praying, when they're coming along to church, God, when when they're going along to small group, whatever it is, when they're just thinking about you when they're at work, whenever it is, Lord God, I just pray that you would just come in those moments and you would let them know that you're with them that you love them and everything is going to be okay. God, we love you so much. We just thank you for who you are and everything that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.